And we're back and you're listening to Zena. Uh, we're going to be speaking with Renee Drury from Get Up about the viral kindness uh, movement that's been uh, sweeping across the nation and I believe perhaps across the world as well during the coronavirus lockdown. Um, so what it is, is uh, community members decided to step up starting small groups for people in their local community um, who maybe need some help, you know, needed some extra toilet paper, needed help with grocery shopping, um, you know, maybe seniors or vulnerable people who couldn't get out, who were in isolation. And this wonderful movement has sprung up from community banding together to help that. Uh, so tell us more about it and as well as some of their other amazing Amazing campaigns they've got going on right now. I'd like to welcome Renee Drury. Renee is the Human Rights Director of GetUp. Uh, she's been actively working on ending Australia's cruel detention policies, tackling the rise of the far right, and supporting, organising, and campaigning for racial justice. She's worked at GetUp since 2016. So, welcome, Renee. Thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Lovely to be here. You're welcome. So um, I think most of our listeners are probably familiar with GetUp, but can you give us the Coles Notes version of GetUp just so we can get everyone up to speed? Yeah, of course. So, um, digital, uh, so GetUp is a, a sort of a digital advocacy organisation, so um, we work... Um, Renair, if I could just butt in for a second, mm-hmm. if you could move the phone a little bit closer to the microphone. Or... Yeah. Is that enough? Yeah, that's sounding better. Thank you. Awesome. No worries. Sorry about that. Um, I'll, I'll launch in again for you. So basically, GetUp is a um, an, an advocacy organisation that works in digital platforms and online organising and, commu- and offline organising in communities. Uh, and basically, we are fighting for a fairer and more progressive Australia. Um, so advocating on things like ending um, you know, offshore detention right through to raising new start um, and making sure that you know, we have really strong climate policies that put us uh, in a place where we can be you know, protecting our planet for future generations. So GetUp's doing a lot of things simultaneously, but I know that um, right now what's really um, grabbed people's imagination is this uh, viral kindness movement. Perhaps you could uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and where that came from and how GetUp's involved. Yeah, of course. So um, the viral kindness, kindness movement uh, you know, is an organic movement of local groups. Um, and I just want to firstly thank as well and acknowledge all the amazing community groups that existed um, you know, before GetUp got involved and the trailblazers that kind of pioneered this community initiative in Australia um, that was inspired a little bit by what's been happening in the UK and overseas where people started handing out postcards in their local community, seeing if people needed any assistance. Um, so over the last couple of weeks, we've seen, you know, 240 groups spring up across the country. And basically the Viral Kindness Hub is a way to draw together uh, and make it easy for people to find all of these different groups across the country. So if they want to lend a hand in their local community, whether it's in their street or in their neighbourhood, um, or whether they're looking to help themselves, uh, needing, you know, a bit of a hand, um, picking up groceries, or looking for a friendly chat with natives. Uh, it's basically a way to draw together uh, people in the community during these really tough times because we know, you know, lots of folks are self-isolating to protect themselves, whether they are elderly or have uh, a compromised immune system um, or are looking to, you know, help uh, protect those around them. But it can be an incredibly lonely time as well. So really fostering that sense of community uh, and making sure that we each can, you know, support each other through this tough time. 
Yeah, so um, I'm imagining that you know, depending on the community, they might look slightly different with each community. But I saw something lovely last night on the ABC, and it was a lady who'd recently had a baby and was realising just how um, isolating it was being a new mum during social isolation lockdown. So she was starting something um, with this concept just for new mums uh, with, with new babies and putting together care packages. So um, would that be something similar to some of the other, you know, sort of heartwarming stories you've had come through that you've heard about? Definitely. And I think there's uh, an amazing um, variety of groups we're seeing springing up. Uh, I know there's, um, you know, people that are starting knitting groups where they all jump online and um, bring their knitting projects and have a chat. There's also a group um, that's been uh, helping little kids create art, which they've then been sending on to uh, people in aged care homes to make sure that they're not feeling lonely. Um, you know, there's an amazing group of students that um, have started and they've formed like a conversation group so people can sort of jump in and have a chat. Um, you know, there are lots of different ways that people are taking part, you know, walking um, babies' dogs, dropping off meals. Um, it's basically, you know, whatever, uh, you know, starting yoga groups. Um, there are lots of different ways to get involved and I think it's about what works, finding out what works for you and your community or your little sort of bubble of people that you'd like to help connect with. Yeah, and it sounds similar to some of the um, inspiring movements that happened during the bushfires. So we also had, you know, lots of groups nationally and worldwide coming together to help put together desperately needed supplies for wildlife rescue and to support our rural firefighters. So is, is that sort of a similar thing as well? Totally. I think we're seeing the community coming together in a really amazing way um, during, through this coronavirus crisis. So, you know, people are really fostering that sense of community. Uh, and I think just uh, it really shows how many people uh, want to help and want to be part of a community and help drive that really strong community network in their area. Um, and then we're seeing, you know, people that maybe um, didn't know who their neighbours were going out and knocking on doors and introducing themselves and really fostering that sense of togetherness, which is so important through these times. Yeah, it sounds like we're returning back to the village, you know, where we've got that lovely village model where everyone's supportive and knows their neighbours and, um, you know, knows what their neighbours need. So um, perhaps what this is giving us too is a real sense of human connection and rather than fear, um, it's about hope. Totally. And I think we're seeing, you know, so many people that were strangers are now becoming our neighbours and friends. Uh, and it's something that, you know, uh, we're not sure how long these measures will be in place, but that um, all of these amazing values that are coming forward are things that it would be incredible to see continue, you know, that sense of um, helping out each other and then helping people that are having a tough time. You know, we're seeing so many people, um, you know, losing jobs or um, struggling and being able to fall back on that community and have that support network is so important. Mm. And also, you know, we've got um, situations here where people probably like to start something. Uh, they might be people who are not too savvy with social media and they're not quite sure how to go about it. Is there a website or something they can go to or somewhere where they can um, get information, especially about starting a viral kindness group in their community? Sure. So um, I can share the viral kindness um, uh, website address after this, if you like. Um, but we've basically included a bunch of amazing resources on that site to help you walk through how to start a group, um, the different platforms you can use. Uh, and I know um, using social media can be a little bit intimidating for some people, but they we're finding that Facebook is one of the easiest places to sort of organise or um, things like WhatsApp where you can start threads with your neighbours and local um, you know, people on your street. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've basically pulled together... Uh, like a nice easy how-to guide of things to think through before you start a group, um, how to walk through that process, 
um, if you're keen to start one. Um, but if you head to the website as well, you can also find out what groups are already in your neighbourhood or in your area uh, and see if there's anything that you'd like to join. So that way you can sort of join a group that's already up and rolling. Mm. So chances are there's probably something happening in your community already and they may not even realise that they're, they're being classified as part of the movement, but it's it's already sprung up spontaneously. Totally. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that GetUp's also working on some other um, campaigns right now. There's some um, active campaigns going on that are related to the coronavirus situation. Um, and one of them would be extending the stimulus package to everyone that needs it, because I know some people were certainly left out of that. Uh, mm-hmm. and there's a debate around how that can be made more fair. Could you tell us a little yeah. bit about that campaign? Sure. So at the moment we've seen... You know, I think we can agree that the, the stimulus package the government has rolled out um, has helped lift a lot of people out of poverty. You know, seeing you start being doubled um, and things like free childcare, which are amazing progressive policies that, you know, many organisations, including GetUp, have been fighting for for a really long time. Uh, but we've also seen uh, lots of people slipping through the cracks. So at the moment, um, 1.4 million people on temporary visas um, you know, are trapped in Australia with no access to income support or Medicare. I'm also seeing, you know, people um, living with disabilities and carers who also can't access the stimulus package at this point. Um, so GetUp at the moment is working with lots of different organisations. Uh, we've seen uh, unions, um, you know, the retail sector, uh, businesses um, and human rights organisations coming out uh, calling for people on temporary visas. Uh, to be able to access these sorts of support, just like everyone else in the community. You know, um, many of these people have lived in Australia for years. They have lives and families and kids. Uh, Maybe they're on the pathway to permanent residency and they want to be here long term. Uh, And I think the fact that the government has, you know, left them out in the cold during this public health crisis is something that, um, you know, we couldn't stand by and sort of allow to happen. No, and it um, it sounds like too that for those maybe who are wanting to return to their home countries, they're not able to do that either, so they really don't have a choice. Totally. I think we've seen across the board that um, people that have their lives here and want to stay, so leaving isn't an option, but also also for many people, um, you know, some countries have closed their borders or flight prices are astronomical or flights to their home countries don't exist at all. So they're in a situation where they can't leave, um, but they don't have any support in Australia, and it's putting people... Um, you know, in a really tenuous situation where they're struggling to put food on the table, they can't pay their rent, they're at risk of homelessness. Um, And it's a really scary situation for a really large group of people to be in. Yeah, it's it's enormous. And um, have you had any um, traction with that campaign? Are you getting some good response back? We've seen a a really amazing response from lots of different uh, sectors. I think, uh, you know, having things like the Retail Association and other sort of big bodies um, appreciating the gravity of how uh, stressful and um, you know, tough this decision has been for people on the receiving end. Um, the union movement and a bunch of other organisations um, helped put together a big open letter signed by 125 different organisations calling for the government to extend income support to people on temporary visas. And we're seeing, you know, a growing pressure from the community. Uh, I think, you know, there are lots of us, um, you know, that know people in these situations that are, you know, on skilled migrant visas, maybe they've been brought out and they're doing a job and are sponsored by their employer um, or they're from New Zealand and have come across to Australia and have been here for a couple of years. Um, you know, these are our friends and our family and our neighbours and colleagues and I think people are, are, are rightly outraged that um, 
they aren't getting the support that everyone else is during this time. So there has been, you know, this growing groundswell of public um, support for the calls to extend income support uh, and Medicare to people during this crisis. And um, we've seen, you know, get up members and lots of people in the community reaching out to people like Social Services Minister Anne Rustin um, and trying to, you know, increase that pressure on politicians to extend those services. Yeah, and I think like like with most things, you know, people really become aware of something when it starts to impact them personally or those they care about personally. And this is this one situation. I mean, yes, the bushfires were catastrophic and a lot of people were impacted, but this is one situation where everybody's impacted in some way or form. And, you know, perhaps it's sad that it's taken a, you know, a plague, from what we like to call it here, um, to, to make people aware and to also highlight um, how much inadequate inadequacy there is currently um, within our social services system. You know, the fact that they doubled New Start um, demonstrates just how inadequate New Start was. You know, people living on less than forty dollars a day. So, do you, do you have hopes that through some of your campaigns that we might be able to make some of these changes permanent when the restrictions are lifted? That's definitely our hope, and I think you know we have seen these really progressive policies, and I think it does sort of you know blow away the, um, the line that the government has used that we can't afford these measures um, and has shown that you know we can lift so many people out of poverty by increasing new start and making childcare more accessible and it's definitely something that over the next you know couple of weeks and months depending on how long these um, lockdown measures and, and self-isolation measures continue that we'll be pushing really hard for you know as get up but also um, across uh, lots of different organisations in the movement I think there's definitely a sense that um, we want to be making all of these uh, positive changes permanent. Um, it feels really hard at this point to accept walking back from them um, when they've been so positive for so many people. Mm. Well, I'm hoping that there'll be you know lots of evidence to show. Um just how successful they've been at the end of it, you know, when you've got people who actually have housing again, who um, are able to take care of their basic needs because they now have the resources to do that. I mean, we could still argue that it's, you know, still incredibly low what's being offered, especially the cost of living in Canberra where we are is very high. Mm. Um, but, you know, just to, to, to realise that they had to, to double something just to make it livable. Completely. And I think it's brought us back to a point of, you know, policy should be about, um, you know, putting um, people first and also that dignity. And I think increasing new start has given people, um, you know, um, has given people basically that ability, like you said, to be able to buy food and keep a roof over their heads and feel secure and stable. And um, that's really invaluable. And I think how we should be, you know, that's definitely our view that public policy should be about looking after people. Mm. I noticed that um, the, the Greens are also very active in these areas. Have you been partnering with them around some of the campaigns? So Get Up is a, a non-partisan organisation and I'm really proud that we're independent. Um, so we're member-driven, uh, so we kind of work with members to figure out priorities and all those sorts of things. And we definitely, um, you know, look for ways uh, to work um, with lots of different people in the sector um, and we uh, definitely have, uh, you know, different um, priority sorts of political parties. But, um, you know, I think in this instance, we're definitely the Greens and ALP and um, Get Up and many other organisations Wonderful. And then just uh, I want to touch quickly on another campaign you've got going on, which is uh, releasing people from immigration detention because they are under especially high threat of um, getting infected from coronavirus due to the living conditions. Mm-hmm. So over the last little while, we've seen um, you know nearly 1,200 doctors, psychiatrists, 
healthcare professionals and some of Australia's major medical colleges coming out and warning about the conditions in immigration detention. Uh, and, you know, they are incredibly crowded and incredibly cramped. And we know that from examples like the cruise ships, um, if there is an outbreak in these sorts of situations, it'll spread really rapidly and could be really dangerous, um, both to people in detention, but also to the community more broadly, um, putting you know, an undue stress on um, medical resources uh, and putting lives at risk. So we've seen in other countries across the world, governments moving proactively to move people out of immigration detention to help reduce that risk. Um, so moving people into community detention, so houses that are already available uh, or accommodation that's already available, or moving them in with their families if they have any in the community. Uh, we know at the moment that the government is asking so many of us to physically distance um, to help protect ourselves and each other, but in immigration detention, it is virtually impossible to follow any of those public health orders. Um, so uh, we're basically calling on the government, um, you know, get up and human rights, human rights organisations, but also doctors and lawyers, ask people to be moved into the community immediately. Mm. And, you know, since there's been a lot of um, discussion around also releasing um, people who are incarcerated um, for criminal offences because they're concerned about infection, it would seem, um, you know, very unfair to keep refugees in detention while releasing convicted criminals. Of course. And I think we're seeing, you know, um, again, other countries moving proactively to move people that are on remand or are low risk. Um, into safer accommodation and I think uh, we're also uh, calling for people in immigration detention um, to move into those conditions as well. Uh, we know that you know in places like Dillwood uh, or our large onshore detention centres um, that people are you know using shared bathroom and eating facilities, they're often sharing bedrooms, um, you know there's not a lot of space, there are reports there's no soap um, and it's really tough for people to be able to keep themselves safe. Um, we're also hearing in places where people are being held in um, alternative places, places of detention, so health hotel rooms like uh, the Mantra in Melbourne, where there are up to three people sharing a single hotel room. Um, and these incredibly cramped conditions are so, so very dangerous during a public health crisis like this. Yeah, so we, you know, we've got a situation where they're asking the general population to do one thing, uh, but yet forcing another group of individuals to do the very opposite. Exactly, and I think that double standard um, during a pandemic is just not acceptable. We need to be seeing uh, you know, the same sort of expectations for everybody uh, across the board and the same treatment for people. Um, and the, the government has the resources and the ability to move people into the community if they wanted to. Um, so we've been pushing, along with lots of other human rights groups and advocacy groups, um, calling on Dutton and Morrison uh, to move people immediately into these safer conditions. You know, there are 1,400 people in immigration detention um, that are at risk at the moment and the government could be acting. Yeah, and if if our listeners wanted to get involved in um, any of these campaigns to uh, to support or offer donations or volunteer, um, what process would that be? Um, so the easiest thing to do is to head to the Get Up website, uh, and then you can find all the relevant links there to our current um, refugee justice and human rights campaigns, uh, including um, helping move people on temporary, um, helping get income support and Medicare for people on temporary visas. Um, but I can also help provide some links after we jump off um, so you can share them with listeners as well. 
Okay, wonderful. And you mentioned that you were going to also walk us through for people that would like to um, get involved in the viral kindness movement and starting up a community group, um, that you would walk us through the process for that as well. Yeah, for sure. So um, you can head to the Viral Kindness website. So it's not really easy to find. It's viralkindness.org.au. Um, there's a bunch of different resources to help you get started. So uh, if you head along and find um, the Starting a Group section of the website, it lays out um, you know, how to select a platform, whether it's Facebook or WhatsApp or a bunch of other different places, um, deciding what your group will do or how you'll be supporting people, um, how to invite neighbours to join, whether it's using um, the viral kindness postcards and popping them in letterboxes around your neighbourhood uh, or giving a buzz to people that you know in your area or starting a Facebook group that people can join. Uh, and then it also helps walk you through um, the best way to help manage a group um, and how to encourage people to request and offer help. There's a bunch of uh, resources there to walk you through um, how to help, but also how to help safely. Um, we know at the moment that uh, if you're helping people that are immune compromised or um, older and potentially at risk, there are things that we can all be doing to make sure that we're helping safely. So there's a bunch of suggestions um, and safety guidelines on that website as well to help make sure that we're all helping in the best way possible. Yeah, no, that's great. I think one of the greatest challenges is knowing which information um, to take in because there's some, sometimes there's so many different opinions and conflicting information around how to be safe and, uh, you know, it can get really confusing for people. Totally. We um, have included a bunch of updates from uh, different states and territories and have also been working with doctors and healthcare providers to make sure that they're providing um, the best advice we can on that site to make sure people are, you know, following health and legal advice that is as up-to-date as possible. Wonderful. And I guess that would also apply to, you know, state to state, some of the restrictions about um, travelling and, and being out and about are a little bit different. So maybe if you are planning on, um, you know, taking on shopping for the elderly in your community or something like that, it might, um, I guess, be worth being clear about what your state requires. Totally. So I think it's definitely worth people checking in to make sure, um, you know, the rules and guidelines in their state are what they think they are at the moment because they have been changing, as you said, quite quickly. Um, and we've included those links there so people can easily navigate through and find their relevant state and find out what they can and can't do at the moment to make sure we're keeping each other and uh, ourselves safe. Oh, that's wonderful, Renee. So we've just got a minute or so left and I wondered if there's anything else you'd like to add that maybe we haven't touched on that uh, you'd really like to share this morning. Um, I think it's just like a general message that, you know, the Viral Kindness Hub and I think all of the work they're doing at the moment is about coming together as a community um, and really showing that there are so many people that want to help in so many ways and uh, it's a really easy period to feel, um, you know, it's tough in lots of ways um, but there's lots of positive things shining through and that's really lovely as well. I think seeing communities coming together, um, people rallying behind those on temporary visas and making sure that they're getting support um, and advocating for those in immigration detention, um, you know, there is all these positive things happening um, through this, you know, pandemic, despite all the, the tough, um, you know, the tough situation that we're in. I think that's quite heartening to see. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I'm hoping at the other side of this, we'll have a fairer, more progressive future to look forward to. You and me both. Yeah. Well, thank you, Renana. This has been short and sweet, but I really appreciate you coming on this morning and um, sharing this concept with us. And hopefully it's got some people inspired to take the next step. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. And that was Renee Drury, the Human Rights Director at GetUp, uh, talking to us about the viral kindness movement.